Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. He's just a mountain moving God. Don't you just love him this morning? Praise him. Just take your seats. All he's looking for is someone that will just believe that. He's looking for someone that has faith and will just take him at his word and he will move the mountains. So we can give testimony of that this morning. Um, praise the Lord. Just um, operating in faith, um, relying on grace and just seeing God move. So um, as Pastor Tony mentioned, they married us. Uh, obviously, that's because it's our second marriage. Uh, we've been married now seven years and uh, we have <laughs> had to navigate the, all the challenges that that has brought and also having a, a blended family as well and learning just to love people that are different to us. We have people like that in our family. So our, our testimony today is actually not that we are great because if you did an inventory of our strengths, Alan and I, relationships probably would not be on our top ten. But... Um, God is our strength and he is the one we give glory to this morning because what, like that song said, he has made a way where there seemed to be no way. He moved the mountains, flattened the mountains. So we just give him praise for that today. Yeah, so um, just we've had to learn to work together in the second marriage. I guess when you come in, you've got different ideas, different ways you think things should be, um, things, things should go and we just had to learn to really yield to one another and when I say yield I don't mean agree because often we don't agree but we've learnt the art of yielding so that is either Alan will lead the way or often no not often (laughs) but sometimes sometimes I will lead the way that ultimately God leads the way but if one one submits one to the other then you're in unity and that's when um, God can command a blessing. So um, in the early years of our marriage, we did have a lot of disagreements and um, it kind of, I guess, sets up an atmosphere in the home and um, you know, our children were, my children were grieving because of the, um, the loss of their dad um, moving on to another lifestyle. And so at 14 and 17, they actually moved away from home, which um, was hard. One went to live in West End with her dad uh, and the other in Fortitude Valley just to go and live a life of whatever um, but for me that was just too much it was just too much it, I just came to the end of myself pretty much it was just like what's going on here I actually hate conflict as a person and I really hated seeing my family break apart even further when I and notice I say the word I tried so hard to fix my family but um, it's it's not about I it's about he and it's about putting your trust in him. So um, the children didn't contact me for quite a long time. I found that really hard because I'm very, I love my children. And um, I actually chased them, which chased them further away. So that was sort of the pattern I got into. But, um, you know, life circumstances or our lack of wisdom and the devil can cast some very cruel blows in life, can't they? But the good news is that Jesus knows how to overcome those things. He knows how to overcome life circumstances. He knows how to give you the wisdom that you need to step you out of that 
thing and he has overcome the devil and he is under our feet. So that's the good news that we bring to you today. He knows how to heal and restore and repair. So to start with, well, I didn't really know how to give it over to God. I was, anyway, whatever. It was just too painful, like to let God in. But it's just like sometimes, you know, you, you might go to a messy room and you look and you see like there's stuff all over the place and you've got to, you know you've got to fix it up, but you're not too sure where to start. And it's a bit like that sometimes when you get yourself in a, a little bit of a mess and you just sort of close the door and just say, you know, I'll just have to do that another day. But I, I just, um, just sort of like started asking Jesus to come in, like as in actually into different parts of my life and just... Like, I couldn't do anything myself. I just had to say, Jesus, you just come in. And I had to just receive by faith that he was in there and that he was doing something in there, when, even when it doesn't feel like but he is in there when you ask him in. So anyway, the good news is Alan and I learned how to work together, still learning how to work together, but we love each other and we support each other. And he had a, a word to me. <laughs> about um, the prodigal son's father. And you know in that story, this prodigal son's father did not chase his children. He actually anticipated for their return though. He didn't just sit around feeling sorry, he actually was really anticipating. And so what I did was I actually yielded myself, first of all, to that word. But in doing so, I yielded myself to my husband. And in doing that, we as a couple yielded ourselves to God and then we are, we're actually in a position now where God can move. So you've got to be in that place of faith and unity so God can actually move in. Um, he spoke to me a lot about um, resting and just surrendering my life. And it's different to the way I have known to do life because I'm pretty full of energy and stuff. But I just had to kind of like really take a step back and not be lazy but just actually really rest in the presence of God, knowing I could not do anything to fix it. But um, so I, I was, I guess, in some ways self-righteous, just trying to do it in my own strength. And um, Luke 18 talks about a self-righteous person, which is that rich young ruler trying to seek, you know, the way. Um, and he said, I'm doing all this, 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 this. And, and Jesus says, yes, but there's one thing you didn't do. But Jesus was actually trying to show him it's impossible to do it. It's not by laws. It's not by that way. And, and Peter says later on, I've given everything. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's the way you do it. Like with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. The way is to give your whole life. And, and in Luke chapter 19, it talks about Zacchaeus being that man that chased after Jesus, not caring about his reputation or what he looked like or you know, he was a tax collector or a sinner and um, climbed that tree, well, you know, it was a shameful thing to do. And, but Jesus looked at him and sees faith and says, I will come to, I must, he says, I must come to your house tonight, today. So Jesus is not a respecter of anything. He's rich, poor, screwed up, sinner, broken, whatever. He's a respecter of faith. And you come to him by faith, you know, he will say, I must come to your house today. And that's what Jesus did. He came to our house and things started to change. So I'll talk a bit about it a bit later. Yeah, well, um, my challenge to me was um, with the two girls. Um, well, Anita's already said that the, her ex-husband left her for another man. And the lifestyle that is associated with this can, you know, it's passed down. The children 
they think of their dad as their hero, so they kind of accept that kind of lifestyle. And I found the challenge was um, you've got to either let fear rule the household or God, you know, and sometimes there's fears of, you know, thoughts of, oh, I've got to have this or I'll kill myself and all that sort of stuff. So I was just seeking God for, you know, because I'm trying to raise two, well, have a part in raising two children that aren't my own. And I, I see what God's, you know, God's ways are, you know, it, there's no fear in God. So anyway, um, I was just trying to do my best. And then there was a word that came from the pulpit that was in um, 2015, if you want to put that up. And it um, just talks about God wanting to be, his desire was so much to be involved in families. It says their relationships marriages and even in your work and it talks about my spiritual laws and um, uh, the spiritual laws to me were um, well as New Testament believers uh, we are to live by the royal law of love but Paul also talks about faith being a law and this, the law of the spirit of life um, has to do with being led by the spirit and then there's the law of liberty which is you know taking your authority and not letting the world take control of um, our, the freedoms that we have in Christ. So if you, if you go a bit further on in that, it says, um, yeah, I desire so much. So then it goes on and it says, practice my presence. It goes, practice my presence during the week at work and in your homes. And um, it says, I desire that the victory that I won be manifest in all areas of your life. And the victory that Jesus won for us wasn't being manifested in our lives, in our family. So um, I made a commitment really to practice the presence and, and just get into the throne room of God, as it says in Hebrews 4.16. And that's where you find mercy and grace for help in time of need. And we needed mercy and grace. So um, I, I made that commitment to yoke myself to the Lord and you know because i was burdened and heavy laden and when you yoke yourself when when they yoke two animals only one can be the leader and so uh, i yielded as much as what was in me at the time to the lord and, and just um a scripture that really came to me was the one where mary um at the wedding feast the the um the, she was tell jesus turned the water into wine but she first said to the attendants who were distributing, she, she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so I was just listening. Most of my time, I'm just listening to kind of direction, whatever God was going to tell me. And I, I was just purpose in my heart to do it. Anyway, I, I sort of was doing the best I could. And then there was, um, uh, there was an incident that happened later in that same year. It was the Father's Day. And... Um, I went to the first service and um, they were giving out tickets for a gift, a prize in the service. So I went to the first service and they gave me a, a ticket and then I went outside just during the break. And then in the second service they gave me another ticket and it turned out to be the winning ticket. So um, it, was, it was good, you know, because you don't always get gifts when you're a step-parent. You just, you don't really, it doesn't bother me, but it's good to to um, get some appreciation. But anyway, um, the interesting thing I found was the ticket 
in the first service and the second service was the same number, number 25. And so out of curiosity, I went home and I Googled that and that's, that means grace upon grace. And that's what I'm looking for, grace, you know, because that's what I need. Because I can't do this, you know, like I need his grace. And anyway, um, that, that was a real... Things through, after that word, things started to change. We s started to see more and more, you know, just little signs of victory and his manifested presence and, and just, just the love, you know. That, that actual, um, that, that gift gave me confidence that God loves me, but he also, he, he, he wants us to use our, his grace, his ability in, in all our situations. Yeah, so um, also I'll, I'll talk to you about um, one thing that he also showed me. This is another little testimony, but he, he showed me about speaking your authority. You know, like I, I felt at times I was being bullied because of what I believed in and what I, you know, I've, you know for God's principles. And he just, I wasn't bullying people, but I was bullying in the spirit realm. I, I just sort of started declaring things over the children and other family members, just things like, uh, you know, like the word, there's going to be labourers coming across their paths, they're going to water the, the seed of the word and it's going to produce fruit. And um, a, another little testimony that happened to me, like um, I was sitting on my deck reading the Psalms one day and there's all these birds in the tree, they're sort of about from the front row, we have all these lorikeets, honey eaters, and all sorts of birds, you know. There was probably about half a dozen to maybe about eight, you know, in the birds. And then all of a sudden, they just took off, you know, lightning speed. And um, I look around, and on top of this gazebo, there's this big hawk. It's, a bit, it's about two foot high. And it sort of stood there like, you know, I'm boss, you know, like. And it just showed me a picture of what um, the authority we have, because all those little birds just took off like demons, you know. And um, when we speak the word of God over our children, uh, we can expect um, things to happen, things to change. You know, like there was a, a whole legion of demons couldn't stop a man being delivered when Jesus spoke the word. So I'll leave it. You'll go. Yeah, so I actually uh, woke up to the Word. I have always been a person of the Word, but it's like I fell asleep for a little while. And I guess through Alan's stance in faith and his authority, it sort of woke me again to, to faith. And uh, I actually started taking those scriptures that I'd always stood with again. And they just it's like my eyes just like turned on to them again. I started believing again that um, God would save my children. That, uh, one of the particular scriptures that came out was Isaiah 49.25. He says, I will contend with those who contend with you and your children. I, I will save. And so it's all about what he was doing. And I just had to believe um, that's all it was all about, just believing him and asking him in. Um, so I um, started to have that breakthrough around May 2017 in my heart. It happened in my heart first and that's usually a pattern. Whenever you see anything happen, you know in your heart first. Like it's just like you have a knowing that something, I don't know, that's the, that you know that's already done in the spirit is what I'm trying to say. It's already been done. And then you're just waiting for it to manifest. And so it actually manifested in August 2017 when the exceedingly abundantly happened above all that I could ask or think of or even imagine that God started chasing my older daughter down, like literally chasing her down. 
And it wasn't to do with me. It was, I was in relationship with her. I was, you know, with her and her boyfriend. We, we cooked dinner together. And like, I was just loving. I, that's basically all I did was just love and pray and believe. But he just started chasing her down. And she actually got radically saved. I'm not talking like, okay, I just give my life to you, Jesus. She just actually turned her life around. Like she's never met Jesus before. And like, she's just like a different girl. And um, yeah, so God really, he does work all things together for good. And she is um, actually now at the Rhema Bible Training Center. Yeah, like just getting so much out of it, so hungry for God and just a different person. So, you know, not because of, of us, like I said, not because of that, but just because of faith and because God is a respecter of faith and, and just because of his love for people. Like he just, he loves, you know. So I just encourage you, if you've had a hard journey, just don't give up. Just keep going and just God is on your side. He will do it. Just give him room. Give him room to do it. Yeah, and just few more things. Uh, I, I had to really cease from my own works. It talks about that in Hebrews chapter 4. You know, you got to, if you enter into the rest and let God do it, you have to cease from your own works. And it does mean that you don't uh, do anything, but it's more spirit-directed work rather than what you think is right. And um, I'll just last, lastly share that this scripture in um, Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. And uh, the living, and it says, this is God's message to, well, we're personalising it to Alan and Anita. You can put your name in there. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You will succeed because of my spirit. Though you are weak, we were weak and we didn't know what to do. Therefore, no mountain, however high, can stand before Alan and Anita, for it will flatten out before them. And Alan and Anita will finish building this temple with mighty shouts of thanksgiving for God's mercy, declaring that it was all done by grace. And You know, we can't take any glory. It's all done by grace. And the Holy, the, in Hebrews chapter um, 10, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of grace. So with that, I'll hand it over to Des and Julie. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Lane, that the road of grace is the only road to take. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And here's Julie. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, well, the last service, um, I said that I'd, you know, a few people had asked us if uh, we were going to be a bit funny and I was determined not to be funny, but I can't help myself but just mentioning one little thing about what Des did this morning. Uh, it just proves that the husband needs the wife all the time. But... Uh, <laughs> No, but this morning, you know, we ran out of hairspray and I had this can of adhesive glue uh, on the floor in our bedroom and Des didn't have his glasses on and he, and I had already left for church with Josiah and he decided to do his hair with adhesive glue. So I'm just thinking, you know, it's very, very hard there. I'm just thinking just as well we're not living in Alice Springs because Des would be the perfect fly catcher. I tell you what, but, uh, but anyway, at least we'll save money, money on hairspray and gel for the next couple of years. It might stay like that. <laughs> Praise God. I, I love those little things that he does, so yeah. That makes him Des and my husband. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a photo of our beautiful family. This in the middle is our eldest daughter, Larissa. 
Larissa is married to John Paul and they live in Minneapolis in Minnesota. Larissa is the chief editor of Mac Hammond Ministries and they both attend Living Word Church and John Paul is the security guard there. And they also are missionaries to the Middle East. So the church sends them out to different countries in the Middle East. And Sarah and Spencer, some of you might already know them. They attended Bible college here a few years ago. Sarah and Spencer Groomwald, and they live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they attend Rhema Bible Church there. And they're youth leaders in JV Youth. And of course, our wonderful son, Josiah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, my favourite son, that's exactly right. And it's not even by law, so that's even better. Yeah. Well, it's by birth, but anyway. Um, so Josiah is a youth leader in Rhema Youth, and um, we're very proud of all of our children. They're all serving the Lord with all their heart. Now, looking at that photo, you might think that our family story and our relationship with each other has been absolutely perfect. Well, Des and I would be the first ones to tell you that it's been far from perfect. We've made mistakes, and I've made a lot of those mistakes. But we're here to testify that our God is faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. That his word is true. Despite the mistakes that we do, his word is true. His love never fails. His mercy never ends. And that his grace abounds. Can anyone say amen to that? Hallelujah. And because of that, yes, I'm coming in here. And because of that, all of our children are serving the Lord and we are together as a family. Now, how has Des and my relationship with the Lord helped our children? Well, the bottom line is Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And it says, To trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding or what's up here in your head. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. And how do we learn to trust the Lord with all our heart? Well, we all know this. It's spending time with him, getting to know him, worshipping him, getting to know his word, as, as Psalms 1 verse 2 and 3 says, meditating on it day and night. And you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves shall not wither, but you will bring forth your fruit in its season, and you'll prosper in everything and do well in every area of your life. And our children have learnt to do this as a family and individually we've learnt to do this. And there's three main things that our kids have learnt from trusting the Lord. The first one is they expect. They expect the Lord to speak to their heart. Hallelujah. 1 John 2 verse 20 talks about how that we have an unction from the Holy One or an anointing and we know all things and praise God for that because the kids and ourselves have, have learnt to apply that in many areas of our life. With songwriting, with the children, with filmmaking, praise God for Proverbs 8 verse 12. The Lord even gives us witty ideas and even with the kids' church, with actions. Praise God that he's the best one that gives us actions uh, and reveals that to our heart. Hallelujah. You know, the I thought that was pretty good. But um, praise God for the Lord doing that. The second thing that the children have learnt from trusting the Lord is to listen to their heart. And there's a big difference between listening and hearing from your heart. And a, a big example is in our daily conversations of um, computers and iPhones and, and 
Samsung galaxies and, and types of aeroplanes, sometimes Des talks to me about that. Um, and I hear him, but sometimes I don't listen to him. And, and I usually tend to ask the same questions over and over again. So the same thing, there's a big difference between hearing from your heart and listening to your heart. Hallelujah. And usually when you listen to the, your heart, that leads to the next step, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But just to give you an example of a couple of things where our children, unique things that our children, um, when they listen to their heart. Sarah asked the Lord one time for a joke. That sounds like Sarah, those of you who, who know her. We were li- living in Alice Springs at the time. We had a cutlery clock, uh, which was knives and forks and spoons. And Sarah asked the Lord for the jo- a joke. And the Lord, she expected it. She listened and the Lord gave her a joke. And the Lord said to her, Sarah, what time is it? She looked up at the clock and she said, it's 4.30. He said, you mean it's half past fork? (laughs) There you go. Our daddy gave a dad joke to our daughter. And Larissa, she bought these leather shoes one time and she took them home and she felt in her heart to give it to a housemate of hers who's a missionary to Africa thing is, these shoes were three sizes smaller than Larissa's foot and this missionary put those shoes on. Actually, she couldn't even put them on. They couldn't fit her at all. And so what happened was Larissa said, the Lord doesn't make mistakes, so just take those, take those shoes anyway. The next day, this lady walked out in these shoes and they fitted perfectly. Whether the Lord stuck an angel in those shoes overnight to stretch them, I don't know. But the thing is, Larissa listened to her heart and she expected and a miracle took place. Josiah listens to his heart every single week when it comes to getting a song list for youth every Friday night. Praise God. The third thing the kids have learnt from trusting the Lord is to wholly follow the Lord. And in Numbers 32 verse 12, it talks about Caleb and Joshua wholeheartedly or wholly followed the Lord. Now, I grew up on the farm and I'm one of four girls and we loved bushwalking and my parents are here um, in the congregation just down there and we used to like, we used to like, you know, walking with our dad and if that scrub was like taller than us, we knew, this is when we were smaller, we knew that it was safer to actually not only follow our dad but to wholly follow in his footsteps Because if there was any snakes, dad would be bitten first and we would be safe. It made sense. So to wholly follow the Lord means to follow in your daddy's footsteps so that you will be safe. Follow in the path that he has for you, our father's footsteps, so that you can fulfill his will. Hallelujah. And the kids have learned that. We're still learning that. And they're still learning as well. But you know what? It's hard when your children, all of them, say to you that they want to relocate to the other side of the world. What do you say? Do you go by a noggin up here or? No, I'm a bit lonely, you know. know, I'll never see the grandkids. What if your daughter says to you she's called to be a missionary to the Middle East? Do you go by what's on the news at the moment? Say, no, it's too dangerous. No, we had to, as hard as it was, we had to be prepared to let our children go. And the more that you trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a smidget over here, but all of your heart, 
then it was easier to trust. It was easier to let them go. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Just Julie mentioned a mum and dad, and they're married 60 years next week. So, yeah. God bless them. Hallelujah. That's Peter and Pat. God bless them. So, leading on from Julie speaking about the children, um, from when I was a youth, and I preached my first sermon when I was 15, and they asked at youth who wanted to share the word, and nobody put their hand up, and I remember sitting on the back row, or second back row, and I put mine up and bolted down the front. And, and what I shared was knowing Christ Jesus and knowing... <laughs> getting to know him personally every day. Praise God. And this scripture is one that uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 to 29, and it's a verse of scripture that I've kept before me for my own life. And then when Julie came along into my life, it's what I had for her and then for each of our three children. And it reads like this. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Praise God. You know, Paul, when he shared this in the scripture, he was given a, what we would call a pair of binoculars to look far further than what we were ever able to look at or to look. Man can see the universe, but here we see Paul look past the ends of the universe to a time when every one of us would stand individually before the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he wanted for every person that he came across, whether they were at the verge of receiving Christ or they were being discipled in Christ, which this is, should be our motivation, was that they would be able to be presented mature in Christ Jesus. And so when it came to my wife Julie and her life in Christ and our three children, this verse of scripture is what I've kept before me through every storm, every test, and every trial because it allowed me to look through the lens of time to a day when Julie and each of the children would have to personally give account of their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as mums and dads, as husbands and wives, if you learn to look long in the things of God and not short. You see, the, the man who was the son or the father of the prodigal, he looked long. He didn't look short. The short is motivated by fear. And you've heard us say that again a couple of times this morning. And what's wrong with fear? Well, fear robs you of what God wants to do 
in your life and in your children's lives. Many times you can hear a person speak, uh, whether at work or even children when you're together with other friends at school, and you don't hear them speak in faith, you hear them speak in fear. And as parents, we have to learn to walk the road of God's word so that fear has no place in our Christian life and in our prayer life. I mean, once you've made a decision to go to God about something in prayer, that's it. Literally, come hell or high water. That's it. Once you've turned your heart to believe the promises of God's word, that's it. That is actually it. And so no matter what they may be doing, whether good or bad, that word that you have taken before the Lord, and we heard this wonderful couple last week share, what the word that you've taken before the Lord is the anchor for your soul. That's where your anchor belongs. It's not in the thoughts of what are they getting up to. Oh, that music is so bad, I don't want them to listen to it, or things such as that. Where is your anchor? Because you have to look. Be, you actually, I like to say it this way. Uh, you have to be a time traveler, just like the prophets of old. They were time travelers of the Bible because they saw the end of days. And Paul here is telescoping us to the end of days. And so that as you and I walk with our family together, don't make it a short walk. Be like the prodigal father or the father of the prodigal who lived a long walk with the Lord and trust in him. There's a scripture here that... Uh, I really love actually a second one the Lord's prompting me to read to you and it is this it's found in Jude and uh, Jude is a wonderful book in the scriptures just before Revelation if you wonder where it is it's just one page and he says this but you beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost keeping yourselves in the love of God the Woost translation says, keep yourself in the sphere and realm of God's love. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus. Uh, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That word fear there is not meaning that you have to be fearful. Right? It, it means that of what may occur to them. Anyway, I haven't got time to share that, but... It says, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment that is spotted by the flesh. And that's talking about believers. And so take courage in that. Keep yourself in the love of God. Hallelujah. Keep it in there. Keep yourself in the love of God. Nothing can take you out of the love of God. When I was a child, I remember I said to mum one time, I said, nothing can ever, ever, ever separate me from the love of God. And she looked at me and she said, what are you talking about? And I found in the scripture that neither death nor life nor tribulation nor any other thing is able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the safe place. That is where faith always works. It's where grace abounds. Hallelujah. And when it comes to your family, learn to trust in the word of God. And when you pray, and you don't know where they've gone, 
you don't know where they may be traveling when you go to prayer and you take that word of god with you in prayer that word goes out to where they are it's gone to where you can't be but you see the angels are watching over them the lord is watching over them and you can trust the lord to look after them uh, in in finishing i'll share this and that when each of our daughters left alice springs and Julie mentioned about them and where they are now. But we laid hands on them and we prayed over them. And in a couple of months, we'll have the privilege of praying the same prayer over young Josiah over there. And the prayer was similar to this. And we prayed and released them to the Lord for all of their days. And that if we never saw them again, then we would see them in eternity and we release them to the will of God completely and so as mums and dads as husbands and wives learn to trust in the Lord because we're playing a long game for all of our family amen amen praise God amen. hallelujah well I'm going to sing this song called my tribute and some of you might already know the chorus. You can join in on the chorus. But it just reminds me of um, the, the grace of God that's been upon our family, upon our children, upon our immediate family. I see my mum and dad here, you know, my sisters, brother-in-law, sister, nephews and nieces, you know, the little kids that came out, great nephews and nieces, all serving the Lord. I praise God for that. And this song reminds me of how, how it reminds me of how grateful I am, all, I always am for, for the God's grace upon our family. Thank you. How can I say thanks for the thief? that you've done for me things so undeserved yet you gave to prove your love to me and voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude oh Oh, 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 oh,
while we're all standing. Um, you may be here today and you're looking from the outside in. Sometimes when we think about and talk to people about being born again and coming to the knowledge of Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour, it may be difficult in this modern world to broach the gap between the way they think and you think. But if you're here this morning and you think, well, why shouldn't God let me into heaven? I'm a good person. I haven't murdered anybody. I don't go out committing great crimes. Why shouldn't God let me into heaven? And that's a fair question. But let me ask you, if you knew where the most powerful and wealthiest man in Australia lived, you made your way to his property and you saw the splendour of the property and the gates and the huge house and you walk up and you want to get into that property because you want to get in. What do you think the man of that house would say to you? He'd say, I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Why should I let you in? And why would you think that God would allow you into heaven when you have rejected him all of your life here on this earth? Because morally, we are all corrupt before the Lord God. But what if instead you knew the son of the most powerful and most wealthy man in Australia? And what if you went up to the property with his son? And the son wouldn't have to knock on the door. He would just actually open the gate and enter in. And you would go in with the son. And when you came to the front door of the house and the father greeted the son, he would look at the son and say, Son, who have you got with you? And he says, Dad, I vouch for him because he's walked with me a long way in a land that's far from here. And the father would look at you and you would be accepted because you accepted his son. That is a very good way of explaining the way of salvation. And if you're here this morning and you say, well, I have never, ever come to know the Son. I've never known Jesus because he actually said himself that he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one, not one person ever born can come to the Father except through me. All religions say that we are a way to the Father. But Jesus himself stands alone as the only figure in history that has ever said, I am the only way. And by his death and by his resurrection, he proved that what he said was true. And so what must you do to know the Son? The Bible says that you must believe that Jesus, now this is believing in your heart, that Jesus is the only Son of God. That He was crucified, that He died upon the cross for your sins and that God raised Him from the dead to prove that He accepted Jesus' death for your sinful and my sinful life. It's called justification. 
And so if you believe that, then you qualify to become a son of God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you say, I have never ever asked Jesus to come into my life, I believe those things just like you say, Des, but I've never done anything about it. And you know today is the day for you to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Raise your hand up and let me see it. I'm the only one looking at the moment. Might be an usher or two to help me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Is there anyone here that as Alan described, you might be a prodigal. Run off from the Father. You see, the scriptures in the Gospel of Luke where it's, it tells us that Jesus was a friend of sinners. The way that we think of a sinner is different to how the, the Gospels use the word sinner. The word sinner, when Jesus was spoken of as being a friend of sinners, was that he was a friend of those who had forsaken the keeping of the law. They had forsaken living by faith. They had forsaken looking for the Messiah. They had walked away from him. And he had a reputation for going after the one that was lost. And that could be you today. And if that is you, just lift your hand up. Because Jesus wants to be magnificent in your life again. The Lord and Saviour. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else want to join that brother? I see that hand. Anyone else want to join those two brothers? Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. I feel there's another one, at least another one, that is here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Those brothers that raise their hands, the whole church is going to pray this prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. All right? It's between you and God. Okay? And the Holy Spirit, you see, you're forgiven, but you're coming back. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit is going to give a fresh dose of His presence into your life. The Word of God will become so powerfully alive, it'll be like fire in your belly. Jesus needs you because there are people that you know that no one else does and their eternity will depend on you. And so he's looking past your life as well. He's rejoicing over you, but he's looking at those that you influence. Let's pray this together. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus is the only Son of God that he was crucified, that he died on that cross for my sins and that you raised Jesus from the dead three days later for my justification. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And I thank you, Father, that I am born again and Father God, I take up the cross daily to follow you 
wherever you may lead me. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.